a crystallization apparatus for temperature-controlled flow cell dialysis with real-time visualization. An article by Niels Junius, Monica Budoyo-Vaspano and others from Université Grenoble, Grenoble, France. Journal of Applied Crystallography, 2016 Main instrumentation developments in crystallization have concentrated on massive parallelization assays and reduction of sample volume per experiment to find initial crystallization conditions. Yet improving the size and diffraction quality of the crystals for diffraction studies often requires the coupling of crystal nucleation and growth. This in turn requires the control of variables such as precipitant and protein concentration equilibrium rate and temperature, which are all difficult parameters to control in the existing setups. The success of the temperature-controlled patch method originally developed to grow very large crystals for neutron crystallography demonstrated that the rational optimization of crystal growth have potential in structural biology. A temperature-controlled dialysis button has been developed for a previous device and a prototype of an integrated apparatus for the rational optimization of crystal growth by mapping and manipulating temperature precipitant concentration phase diagrams has been constructed. The presented approach differs from the current paradigm since it involves serial instead of parallel experiments exploring multiple crystallization conditions with the same protein sample. The sample is not consumed in the experiment and the conditions can be changed in a reversible fashion, using dialysis with a flowing precipitant reservoir, as well as precise temperature control. The control software allows visualization of the crystals, as well as control of the temperature and composition of the crystallization solution. The rational crystallization optimization strategies presented here allow tailoring of crystal size, morphology and diffraction quality, significantly reducing the time effort and amount of expensive protein material required for structure determination. Introduction In X-ray protein crystallography obtaining crystals of a protein is a dedicated step, but it is considerably more laborious to improve these crystals up to sufficient size and quality for diffraction the availability of powerful radiation sources, fast detectors and cryocooling techniques has not removed the need of large and better ordered crystals. Recording data from very small crystals requires significantly longer measurements, times and, because of radiation damage, dozens, even hundreds of crystals may be required in order to collect a complete set of data. The quality of data obtained is often lower than could be with larger crystals which may be crucial in experimental phasing, for example. Furthermore, a major challenge in fast sub-millisecond time-resolved X-ray crystallography, where the reaction is initiated by light, is the uniform initiation across the whole crystal volume. Varying activation fractions across a crystal or a crystal population serial femtosecond crystallography makes accurate downstream scaling in data analysis to examine the time-dependent changes extremely difficult. One way to obtain even more photoxidation 
is to have a very uniform population of crystals. The optimal crystal size for maximum scattering and maximum laser light penetration is circa 2 to 20 micrometer. In neutron macromolecular crystallography, where the available neutron sources are weak compared to X-ray sources, the crystal volume required for a neutron dataset is most often the factor limiting the more widespread use of this technique. If normal hydrogenated proteins are used, a minimum crystal size of at least 1 mm cubic is necessary. If perturbated proteins are used, the minimum crystal size can be as little as approximately 0.15 mm cubic. However, even with these large crystals, a single neutron diffraction data set can take several days or weeks to collect. For neutron crystallography to become more accessible to the structural biology community, the ability to control crystal size must become routine. This is particularly important in order to push the limits of neutron crystallography towards more challenging targets, such as membrane proteins. Despite the knowledge gains in crystallization of model systems, the principles are often difficult to implement in practice. Many proteins are not really available in large quantities, which has driven crystallization methods to small sample volumes, often using vapor diffusion. One disadvantage of these methods is that the level of supersaturation is difficult to control effectively, especially as a function of time. Novel devices have attempted to address this issue with somewhat different strategies, such as controlling the V2 pressure extremely or using microfluidics, duopolarization, interferometry or fluorescence-based approaches. Temperature control and dialysis have powerful tools for the separation of nucleation growth. Dialysis allows the separation of molecules according to their size by a semipermeable membrane whose pores are smaller than the macromolecular dimensions. These pores allow small molecules such as the solvent salts and small metabolites to diffuse through the membrane but block the passage of larger molecules. Dialysis as a crystallization technique involves diffusion and equilibration of precipitant molecules through a semi-permeable membrane as a means of slowly approaching the concentration at which the protein crystallizes. Initially, the protein solution is contained within the dialysis chamber, which is then equilibrated against the precipitant solution through the semi-permeable membrane. Equilibration against the precipitant in the surrounding solvent slowly achieves supersaturation for the protein within the dialysis chamber, eventually resulting in crystallization. The precipitating solution can also be varied, simply by removing the initial precipitant solution and exchanging it with another. The protein material can thus be reused until the correct conditions for nucleation crystal growth are found. Dialysis can also be used to exploit the salting in region of the phase diagram where solubility increases with increasing precipitant concentration. Specifically, for a charged neutron species, the salting in effect dominates initially, and the addition of salts disrupts attractive protein protein interactions. Then, further increase in salt concentration results in strengthening attractive protein protein interactions. Its salting out effect begins to dominate.
The surface charge density of a protein could also be dramatically changed the above behavior. At a pH close to the pi or for a large size protein with a small number of either positive or negative net charges, where the surface charge density is low, only the monotonic salting in behavior could be observed because the charge neutralization process is less dramatic. On the other hand, when a protein has a high surface charge density owing to either a small size or a large number of positive charges, the anions might not completely neutralize the positive charges even at molar concentration and therefore only a decrease in protein solubility can occur. Accordingly, in the salting in region, the protein can be customized by lowering the precipitant concentration and forcing the protein out of solution. Finally, dialysis allows the supersaturation to be varied in a reversible manner, so that crystals can be grown and dissolved as long as no irreversible precipitation or denaturation occurs. Temperature is another useful variable in crystallization of biological macromolecules. Using precise temperature makes it possible to control the supersaturation reversibly. The full potential of temperature as a crystallization variable is often not realized and is difficult to control precisely in typical concentration setup. When we have previously developed an instrument for temperature-controlled batch crystallization intended specifically for nutrient protein crystallography, these instruments allowed the rational optimization of large crystal growth based on a phase diagram, although in many cases an explicit measurement of the solubility curve is actually not necessary. We describe here a succession of evolutions of the previous instrument. Firstly, we have developed a temperature control dialysis button. A modification to the existing device that enables a temperature control dialysis crystallization experiment. Secondly, we describe a new crystal growth apparatus with a temperature control dialysis setup. It combines accurate temperature control with control of the composition of the crystallization solution in an automated manner. The apparatus described here allows sophisticated experiments to be performed, including systematic phase diagram investigation in multidimensional space using far less protein material than previously. Methods Crystallization Chicken egg white lysozyme was purchased from Sigma Aldrich as a lipholazide powder, dissolved in distilled water and filtered to obtain a solution with a final concentration of 30 mg per liter, 80k1 a kinase from Agrobacterium tumefaciens, was used with a final concentration of about 10 mg per liter. The protein concentration was measured via the UV absorbance at 280 nm. All solutions were filtered through a 2.22 micrometer millipore filter. The cellulose membranes used in our experiments were the standard RC membrane spectra pore with a molecular weight cutoff of 6 to 8 kilodalton. Before the start of the experiment, the crystallization mixtures were centrifuged and filtered to remove all solid particles. Crystallization condition for dialysis experiment in the case of lysozyme 15 microliter of protein solution was placed in the crystallization chamber 
of the temperature-controlled flowing dialysis setup. The initial conditions of the reservoir solution were 0.75 and 0.9 molar sodium chloride, 100 millimolar sodium acetate pH 4, and the initial temperatures were 291 and 295 Kelvin. Crystallization condition for dialysis in the case of AKT1, 25 microliter of protein solution, was placed in the crystallization chamber of the temperature-controlled dialysis buttons. The initial conditions of the reservoir solution were 18, 19, 20 and 21% of PEG 8000, magnesium chloride 5 millimolar, adenosine triphosphate 5 millimolar, 100 millimolar sodium citrate pH 6. In the case of AKT1 and lysozyme crystals characterization with X-rays, temperature control dialysis buttons with a volume of 25 microliter of protein solution, rather than a flowing dialysis setup, were used in parallel under the previous described initial conditions of the reservoir solutions at constant temperature, 293 Kelvin. Finally, regarding the vapor diffusion crystallization experiment, in the case of lysozyme carried out also 293 Kelvin drops, composed of a mixture of a volume of protein sample with an equal volume of reservoir solution were placed in vapor equilibration with a liquid reservoir solution described previously. In order to achieve nucleation by vapor diffusion, in the case of AKT1, the reservoir solution used must have a higher PEG 8000 concentration, 25%, compared to that which was used in dialysis, 18 to 21%. Temperature control dialysis button. The temperature control dialysis button allows our previous experiment to be used for dialysis in addition to batch crystallization. The protein solution is poured into a specifically designed stainless steel dialysis button with a polycarbonate window at the bottom. It is separated from the precipitant solution by the dialysis membrane. The dialysis membrane is placed over the top of the dialysis chamber containing the sample, and is held in place with an elastic ring in a groove. A stainless steel reservoir well is then placed over the dialysis button in order to ensure the water tightness. The well contains up to 1 ml of the precipitant solution. The reservoir well is sealed with vacuum grease and a grass cover slide of with sealing tape. The dialysis setup is attached to a breast support incorporating one or several welds of the temperature-controlled crystal growth apparatus. With the setup control of the temperature of the crystallization experiment is performed in an automated way, while the chemical composition of the reservoir solution must be changed manually by the user. To recover the crystals, the reservoir well containing the precipitant solution is removed and a surgical blade is used to make an incision in the membrane around the outer circumference of the sample chamber opening for crystal harvesting. Temperature-controlled flowing reservoir dialysis setup. In the new version, the dialysis button is replaced by a new fluidic system in order to exchange the chemical composition and automated way during crystallization experiment. 
Now, the temperature-controlled flowing reservoir dialysis setup consists of three main parts. The crystallization chamber, named after the dialysis chamber, with a volume of 15 microliter, houses the protein solution. It has a transparent polycarbonate window at the bottom. The dialysis membrane that separates the dialysis chamber from the reservoir solution is attached to an overchamber that allows the assembly composed of the dialysis chamber and the overchamber to be removed from the dialysis flow cell setup for crystal mounting without removing the dialysis membrane. The reservoir chamber, which contains crystallization agents, additives, and buffer, is placed on top of this assembly. The reservoir is covered by a plug equipped with an optical window to allow top illumination of the dialysis chamber. The reservoir chamber is connected to a pump, thus functioning as a continuous flow cell. The user may adjust the composition of the reservoir solution and has the crystallization condition. Precise control of the concentration of all components and the flowing reservoir is performed using a pressure-driven flow control system. The flowing reservoir dialysis setup is inserted in a breast support in thermal contact with Peltier elements of a crystallization grow apparatus that is incorporated on the microscope table. The crystallization chamber is viewed from below by an inverted microscope with a digital video camera, a monitorized 12 times zoom and XYZ translation stages. Illumination is provided by three light emitting diodes, one direct light source and two backlight sources. A proportional integral derivative electronic temperature controller allows a temperature range of 233 to 353 plus minus 0.1 Kelvin. The cooling of the Peltier elements with a chiller improves temperature control. A dry air flow prevents condensation of air humidity, especially at low temperatures. A fluidant pressure-driven flow control allows one to control independently up to four channels of fluidic system. This pressure-driven pumping system is controlled by dedicated software that allows the user to specify the nature and the concentration of the required crystallization agents, additives and buffers and therefore to produce suitable mixtures from the different stock solutions for the reservoir solution of the flow cell dialysis cell. Figure 5 illustrates how this mixing system works. The control software is written in LabVIEW and includes a graphical user interface for visualization and measurement of crystals and image acquisition, processing and storage, as well as control for each parameter. Temperature control, illumination, pumping of the solutions and calculating the concentration of different constituents of the crystallization solution. The configuration of the flowing reservoir dialysis setup in three portions enables recovery of the crystal at the end of the experiment. The crystallization solution is removed, for example using the pressure-driven pump and the reservoir chamber is unscrewed. The other chamber with the dialysis membrane remains attached to the dialysis chamber so as to preserve the crystals against any mechanical damage 
or drying. The crystals can then be harvested, as described above, using the integrated microscope. Crystal characterization with X-rays. The diffraction data were collected at the FIP BM30A beamline at European Synchrotron Radiation Facility, ESRF. 180 diffraction images were collected from each crystal using an X-ray wavelength of 0.979 Armstrong. Comparable exposure times were used for all crystals. The data were indexed and integrated using the XDS software. Results the temperature-controlled flowing reservoir dialysis setup system is an integrated automated version of the existing instrument for temperature-controlled crystallization, where the crystallization batch has been replaced with dialysis. It consists of crystal growth bench that, in addition to accurate temperature control, allows the chemical composition of the crystallization solution to be varied in an automated manner thanks to dialysis cell equipped with a floating reservoir. The current sample volume is 15 microliter per experiment, but various volumes from a few to a few tens of microliters are feasible. With this system, it is possible to optimize the kinetic path through the phase diagram, which controls the nucleation and growth of the crystal and does the number, size, and morphology. We performed a proof-of-principle experiment with chicken egg white lysozyme to demonstrate the control of nucleation and crystal growth. Demonstrate the controlled large crystal growth of a lysozyme single crystal, figure 7. In this experiment, the initial condition was 0.75 molar sodium chloride, 100 millimolar sodium acetate, pH 4, and 295 Kelvin. The estimated time to reach an equilibrium between the reservoir and the dialysis chamber is 90 minutes. After this time, the supersaturation in the dialysis chamber is low enough that a few nuclei are performed, and the first visible nuclei appear 22 hours after equilibration. Then the crystal continues to grow until no more macroscopic growth is observed which is in agreement with the previously established procedure for large crystal growth in batch. After three days, the temperature was decreased to 219 Kelvin to restart the crystal growth. One day later, the temperature was decreased to 288 Kelvin, and four days later, when the crystal no longer showed a visible growth, the temperature was decreased again to 285 Kelvin, until the crystal exceeded the size of 500 micrometer in the longest dimension. Ten days after the start of the experiment, the overall crystal growth process was intentionally interrupted in order to demonstrate how to obtain large single crystal of a model protein with a volume approaching 0.1 millimeter cubic. This is the volume typically needed in neutron protein crystallography when the protein is perdurated. We then performed two experiments to demonstrate the reversibility of the dialysis experiment for nucleation, crystal growth, dissolution and regrowth of crystal using temperature and precipitant variations, respectively. 
The initial crystallization conditions was 0.9 molar sodium chloride, 100 millimolar sodium acetate pH 4, and 291 Kelvin in order to induce significant nucleation. After less than 16 minutes, many crystals appeared in the dialysis chamber, and these grew for 3 hours at 291 Kelvin to medium sized crystal. In the first experiment, a temperature gradient was used while the concentration of the precipitants was kept constant. The temperature was increased gradually to 313 Kelvin over 20 minutes to start the dissolution process. The dissolution of the crystals was complete in one hour. The temperature was then rapidly decreased to 295 Kelvin to induce less nucleation than the beginning of the experiment. This is consistent with the fact that the solubility of the lysozyme crystals increases with temperature. As the dialysis chamber was already at equilibrium with respect to the precipitant concentration, the second nucleation event appeared faster than the first one. Thus, in this second nucleation event, after 18 minutes, the first nuclei appeared and with a lower density as expected from the theoretical phase diagram. In the second experiment, a concentration gradient of precipitant was used at constant temperature 291 Kelvin. Here, the dissolution process of lysozyme crystals is due to the gradient of the sodium chloride concentration, which was decreased gradually to zero molar. So, that finally only the sodium acetate buffer at 0.1 molar pH 4 was circulating in the reservoir. The dissolution did not appear immediately after the concentration change because of the equilibrium time required between the reservoir and the dialysis chamber. The crystals continued to grow for a short period of time and after 60 minutes the smallest nuclei began to dissolve. The dissolution was complete in two hours. Finally, the precipitant concentration was increased again to the reservoir sodium chloride concentration of 0.75 molar. As expected from the theoretical phase diagram, nucleation was observed after an equilibration time of 90 minutes, but with a lower density than originally. To verify the refraction quality of the crystal growth in the temperature control dialysis setup, we collected X-ray diffraction data from three crystals of lysozyme and six crystals of ATK1 grown in parallel in temperature control dialysis buttons and compared them with three crystals of comparable size and appearance of lysozyme and ATK1, each grown in hanging drops in a vapor diffusion setup. The crystals grown in our temperature control dialysis setup clearly have better diffraction quality than the crystals grown by vapor diffusion for both lysozyme and ATK1. All of the crystals were tested had a lower mosaicity and a higher diffraction limit than the reference crystals grown by vapor diffusion. Discussion. Different empirical approaches have been developed to produce crystals based on screening and optimization. The knowledge of the phase diagram and the specific control of the crystallization parameters 
such as the temperature and the concentration of crystallization agents and or additives will allow the number of crystals and the microscopic defects to be reduced, as well as the selection of the nucleation and or growth of the desired phase. Even when the precise position of the solubility curve on the phase diagram is not experimentally known, the ability to control the crystallization parameters in a reversible manner, together with the real-time observation of the crystals, allows the phase diagram to be explored in a qualitative way. The devices described here allow multiple crystallization conditions to be explored in a systematic way with the same biological sample. The sample is not consumed in the experiment and, as long as it is not damaged, the conditions can be explored reversibly, tailoring of crystal, number, size, phase and diffraction quality reduces the time, amount of protein material and effort required for structure determination. The approach differs from the current paradigm in performing serial instead of parallel experiments. We expect the described devices to be useful in monitoring and controlling the crystallization process, the low production of crystal specific size and morphology optimized for different downstream structure determination approaches. This will be beneficial for free electron laser and synchrotron serial crystallography experiments, which require large numbers of small crystals with a very uniform population of crystals and for neutron studies that require large single crystals to provide sufficient scattering volumes. Several neutron crystallography targets are being investigated with the present system and the positive results already obtained together with the related crystallization protocols will be published in the near future. Our results indicate that the control of crystal growth does not compromise the fraction quality and rather improves it, but this effect remains to be demonstrated on a large number of systems. In addition, the setup is applicable to many other objectives, such as studying salting in and salting out effects, crystallization, gentle addition and exchange of buffers, additives, ligands, heavy metals, detergents or cryoprotectants, and cross-linking and dehydration or isotype exchange of crystals for diffraction purposes in X-ray or Newton protein crystallography, respectively. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pub Reading. If you have any other suggestions or articles you would like to listen to, please drop me a message on Twitter, Pub Reading, and let's stay in touch.